You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. As we roll through this, you know, definitely without question, bear market, we also are rolling through kind of this like emergence of this like amazing view of what it's like to be an NFT project creator and founder. And I think part of this is that those of us that discovered NFTs last year thought about launching a project in the fall. Those that found kind of discovered NFTs in like kind of the the, the winter, you know, December, January, February timeframe, uh, uh, really started kind of having those ideas like, oh, what does this project look like? Kind of launching that, you know. And then there's like kind of like this like massive growth that we've seen, of course, you know, into January and February. And now I believe a lot of that is leaning into you know the, the so many that want to create their own project. And you know, I've been saying this, and I am very very loud about this that I believe that you must be an active collector before you are a creator in this space. And I'll explain a little bit more on that. But I have to say, I just got out of a Twitter space and I have to get a shout out to Mary Beth with the Meta Meta Athletes team who asked this really great question. And Leslie, and big shout out to Leslie. You'll hear more from Leslie. She's going to come on as a guest of the podcast. And Leslie gave some great answers on it. And the question was really, we were talking about creating your own NFT project. And I will tell you, like, for me, like, the complexities that I mentioned in last episode about community building also exist in just the NFT project design and development. But there is also this appearance from the outside in that it's like easy money. Hey, I better jump in there now. People are launching projects and selling them out so quickly. You know, their art sucks. They barely have a, a good website. I could do better than them. Like we have a lot of people that are kind of living in that, uh, you know, kind of arena of a lot of these things that are going on. And Here's the truth if like the question that Mary Beth asked was like if you were helping an NFT founder and they they have the concept of their project you know in mind do they start a Twitter first or a Discord first like where do they start um, you know, how do they kind of putting that out there? And I thought Leslie did a great job of talking about like, you know, it's going to be, of course, different for each project, but you have to think about, you know, how are you bringing those dif- different things to life? How are you going to grow each of them? And then, you know, like I jumped in because here's the thing that really like, I just wait to put this out there. I want you to go think about your favorite YouTuber, your largest Instagram, uh, you know, the largest Instagram creator that you follow, maybe your favorite TikTok creator, maybe if you don't like any of them, maybe like your favorite celebrity, or maybe let's go with like an athlete that you believe that you love. Did any of them create or build an audience overnight? Did any of them, or right now, pretty much in you know 2022, like I have a saying, and, and you know I'm a big, you know I'm a pager wearing millennial, which just means I was born in 1981. I'm 40 years old, but I'm a big Kevin Costner fan, and I'm sure most of us know the movie, right? It's Field of Dreams, and the and the quote there from Field of Dreams is pretty simple, right? If you build it, say it with me, they will come. 
Well, I've been preaching for about five years in this digital world that if you build it, nobody is coming and nobody gives a shit. Let's be truthful, right? Like you launch a new Instagram page. Does anyone care? No, no one does. You launch a new podcast. Does, does anyone care? I mean, look at Siri just... See, see, look at Siri just talking into my, in my watch, right? If you launch a new podcast, if you launch a new uh, blog, launch a new website, I mean, honestly, if you launch a new company online and the truth is it's the same with the NFT space, right? Like if you launch a new NFT project and you're like, if I build the NFT project, the people will come. Well, here's the truth. Build of dreams. That game ended years ago. There is way too much noise, way too much information out there. And let's face it, most people, when we think about this whole idea of growing, uh, you know, our audience, we really have to take a step back a second and say, it's not even about just growing an audience and a community, right? Like I would argue like if it was just building a community, the, the, the path there, we could really think about what that means. But I want everybody, you know, that listen, go back and listen to the episode uh, about Shaquille O'Neal. And I mentioned how Shaquille O'Neal did not sell out his, uh, his collection back on December 22nd. And I'm a huge Shaq fan, like my favorite without question NBA um, athlete. I've, I have like 12 of his jerseys, huge fan. But, you know, one of the things that he overlooked was educating his audience. He's like 50 million followers on Instagram. I mean, any of you listening have 50 million followers on Instagram? No. But we all believe, not we all, I'll put myself there, that we could sell out a collection to 10,000 people, no problem. But Shaquille O'Neal couldn't. And you're like, well, why is that? Oh, it's because he's a celebrity. He had a shitty project, whatever it was. No, 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 wrong, wrong. He actually had, I think, the design and the social good. He was donating everything to charity was amazing. I actually think the whole structure was really well done. Other than he underestimated the lack of education that his audience had with how do you get money from your bank account into an exchange? What the hell is a MetaMask wallet? Or in his case, they had a minted on the Palm Network. So like, how do I get my, my ETH, or they were on Nifty, how do I get my ETH, ETH over there, right? And when I looked in his Instagram on his post about his NFT and I went into their Discord and I went into the different channel, I went, even went to his Facebook group, everyone was just like, I want to buy, I want to buy, but I don't know how. Well, he, like that's the luxury Shaquille O'Neal has that he got to sell out a week later. What we have to look at is like it's not about like I mean I can I can help you grow a ma- massive Twitter following. Are they going to one be willing to purchase? Which means do they have a MetaMask wallet? Like I mean this is a big this is a big deal, right? Like if they don't have a MetaMask wallet, what is the percentage of non MetaMask wallet yielding humans? that are following an NFT project that are not gifted that project as their first NFT or that they're actually going to buy it. I would love to know that data. I don't think we have that data anywhere, but I'm going to ask, this is going to be my own guesstimate. It's going to be like one in 15. One in 15 of the people that willingly follow your Twitter account because of your NFT project that do not have a MetaMask wallet will actually go through the process of figuring out how to get ETH out, you know, from their bank and then figuring out how to get that into their MetaMask and then understanding what it means to connect to your website and then understanding. And then, and then here's the other part of this that we don't, we don't even calculate. And I brought it up on the Twitter space because I was, I was a little fired up as I am now. And, and hopefully you know, we're all kind of walking through this line. The other thing we have to think about is what is the requirement of like hours and time and learning that goes into someone getting the value out of your NFT project? You're like, okay, Brian, what does that mean? Okay. So like if you're telling me, hey, 
if you hold this NFT, you get access to one. Twi- you get access to a Discord audio space every night for an hour. You get to tune into our Sunday town hall where you get to vote on any of the things that we're doing in the upcoming week. You know, we're going to be doing you know these ten things. You can fly to this event um, over the summertime that we're going to pay for everybody's ticket. You just have to fly yourself there. Um, oh, and by the way, we're going to. We're going to only give you, you know, information and communication on this project in Discord. So I know you don't know Discord and it's really painful to learn, but you need to learn that as well. And you need to turn notifications on. And oh yeah, if you miss the notifications and we only usually give you like 24 hours to like act. So then you don't get to have that. We're not going to do email newsletter. We're not going to communicate you with you via text message. And oh, you need to pay, you know, $1,000, $800 to get in the project. There's a lot of people that are probably like, you know what, I love that project, but I don't have the time to consume or to leverage the utility that to actually take advantage of it. Like, I actually think this is something that we don't think about. How many projects have amazing utility, but the audience that they have doesn't have the time currently in their life to consume it or to activate it? You know when we're going to really see this? This summertime. Everyone that is building out NFT projects that drop over the summertime that is not factoring in vacation, not factoring in kids at home, not factoring in the first year in three years that we've been able to to travel for summer trips. So everyone's gonna be going to the beach, everyone's gonna be going to you know Disney World, everyone's gonna be going trying to go, you know, um, you know, somewhere that's not sitting in front of a computer to mint your NFT at 7 p.m. on a Sunday night. So guess what's good? This is really gonna we are going to see a massive amount of slow burn projects. And for those that aren't familiar, slow burn project in the sense that it does not sell out overnight. It, you know, people are buying into the project. It has a slow growth period. And I love that type of project. But we also, to be clear, is nobody creates their project hoping that it's a slow burn. Everyone wants to sell out. And, and I saw recently a couple of big projects. People were like, I don't really care if I sell out bullshit. You do care. Like you would love, like, I'm not saying like that you're going to like that you're resting all of your version of success on selling out, but I, I, let's just be truthful there. Right. But here's where I think we, we, we just don't think about some of these like nuances, right? Like if you are creating a project and your target audience are crypto native people, experienced NFT people, people that are all in on the metaverse already, or people that are living in the creator coin economy, then you can disregard this advice. Right, because if that's the only audience that you're attracting, well, then you can probably focus on Twitter and Discord and and kind of make a little bit of these um, jumps. But if I am going to answer this question here, and, and and here's the funny part about this is I've been creating, you know, I ten year for ten years I've done seven podcasts. None of you that are listening to this listen to my other podcast. I bet you guys can't even name the other podcast that I that I hosted, and some of them had over three hundred episodes. So you know what's funny about that is I did for 10 years, I've been building out this overnight success daily podcast. And you know what's funny about that as well is I don't believe in that 10 years, I had built an audience that was crypto friendly and native enough to understand to buy into NFTs and creator coins. And I already proved it because when I started talking about creator coins, people thought it was money, monopoly money or they thought it was a Ponzi scheme. They're like, Brian, what the hell are you doing? And it took me like eight months to educate my traditional audience that has already been following me. You know, I've built a, a, an amazing community around me, me over these years, but I, it took me eight months just to, to figure out how to educate them on creator coins. 
But then all of a sudden I was like, oh wait, now that I educated them, I have to go deliver on this utility that I provided, right? And like right now we're doing that. Like if you hold 93 ADHD coins, you get a one hour group phone call with me every Friday. If you hold 39 ADHD coins, you get an airdrop that is that is free coins just for the the 39 holders, and we multiply it by how many holders we have. So the more people that are holding 39 coins, the more the airdrops are for everybody, right? We're, we're going to grow that circle. But you know what's funny about this whole conversation is like, when we look at it, I think content creation, community building, and then how do you know that your community or your audience i said it's why why have we not seen a shit ton of youtubers jump into this space like why why is not every youtuber jumped into nfts well first of all they're living a pretty good life most of them because they have an ad revenue split that gives them a pretty penny and for them having to deploy something else that is either going to take away from that or send them somewhere else or they have to mess with the youtube uh policies with talking about crypto and nfts is, is a risk like I have two amazing, great friends of mine, probably listening to the podcast, so shout out to you guys, you know who you are, that are epic YouTube creators. They have a massive audience of subscribers, they've had podcasts, they are speakers, and you know what? I'm ready to help them launch their NFT project whenever they are, because they've already trained their audience, they've, they, have a, they have a community, they have a communication methodology, they have the audience that's trained and, and believes to trust them because they've been showing up on YouTube for 10 years every single Monday, every single Sunday and every other Wednesday. But also, guess what else they've done? They've also trained that audience to purchase or to understand that their time is valuable because YouTubers kind of figure that out. But here's the truth of it. And I, and I, and I put this out there in the Twitter space uh, and we might actually take this challenge up somewhere. I, I might, we'll see. I'm gonna try to wrap my head around how I would do this. But if I took one of my YouTubers that has a established, you know, credibility as a content creator, but it has no knowledge or understanding of web three. And then I took a web three native, you know, thought leader and industry leader that is dialed into web three, but has never been a content creator or community creator themselves outside of web three. And I lined them both up and we said, okay, we're going to create each of you are going to create an NFT project. I don't know which of those two end up delivering that project first or at the greatest of success because the, the, the web two content creator has to figure out how, like, what is, how do I deliver this utility? How do I educate my audience? How do I onboard them probably into a new platform like a discord? How do I fit this into my business model? And then how do I also you know, create the time and evaluate it? Cause is it worth me spending time deploying an NFT for a chance of it selling out or creating another YouTube video and making three or four grand on my ad revenue, right? And that's the, the creator, creator level I'm talking about. Or you have the web three person that is like, you know what? I've got the audience and the education. My community knows what the hell this space is about, but they're not native on creating community, not just building an audience. They're not native on content and content creation. They have no idea what it really means to be a content creator over time, right? Consistency is the easiest thing that we all talk about that we all know we should be doing, but it's the hardest damn thing to do. I, I've for 40 years, I've been preaching consistency and never really embraced it like we have now for the last, whatever, 186 days or so. 
but I say all of this because you might notice I'm a little fired up. It's the end of the. I'm actually recording this at night. Um, we were supposed to have Alpha Mondays uh, tonight, but uh, you know my co-host Sheer Lazar um, had to you know had dinner with Paris Hilton tonight, so she's like, I have to cancel. We're gonna have to do it next week. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna pop on and, and knock out this episode at night. But here's the whole thing on like my like reason I'm fired up about it is I believe there are amazing ideas and innovations for NFT projects that are living in many of you, our listeners right now. But here's the truth of it is like, are we willing to commit the time to do both sides, right? Like educate and deploy a proper NFT project while also understanding what it takes to build a community and audience that is prepared to buy an NFT, but not only buy an NFT, but to maximize the utility that you are providing. This is something that I, I, it keeps me up at night. Honestly, right now, we are you know pushing through designing our PFP project for our you know that I've been excited about. You know, my original brainstorming of this was back in August, right? And for me, part of it is like when do I drop the the pre-mint list? When do I share like the name? How do I build out the onboarding? And then here's the, one of the things that I know that is going to be going is I'm going to deploy it before the summer starts, before you know most kids are out of school. But I also know that that's going to come with a little bit of risk. I'm prepared for what I told you about, right? So now I'm like, you know what? We're going to roll out text message uh, text message sign up with community so people can sign up to be notified. They don't have to be in Discord. You know what we're also going to do? We're going to make sure we capture email. And we're going to provide a damn amazing email newsletter every single week. Even if we're not doing anything for delivery, we're going to communicate with them and we're going to share and inspire. We're going to make sure that we are being transparent and going to where they're at. Right. And like, I can't tell you this enough. Right. And then this goes back to that, you know, my, my great Kevin Costner quote with like the field of dreams. Right. Part of this is like, I do look at NFTs as kind of the field of dreams. But the thing about it is not only do you have to build it, but you have to teach people to play the game. And then you have to, once you teach them to play the game, you have to teach a second team to play the game because you need two teams playing. And then once you teach those people to play that baseball game that you built, now you need to train the audience on what the hell the value is so there's a supply and demand conversation. And then once you have the audience that understands that's building that actual demand and you have the people on the field that are about to execute this amazing utility within the field of dreams, which we're now I'm painting this picture with the cornfields in the background and we have the, you know, the lights are up and we have the, the, the people that get to come in first, which are, which are our pre-mint uh, whitelist holders that we are giving early access to sit along the, the baselines and, and they're going to sit there and then we're going to open up the other gates and we're going to let people in. And then we're going to also recognize that the game that we have on the field might need to be adjusted based on the climate and the culture of this space. If all of a sudden we've been playing a, a, a baseball game on the field of diamond field of dreams, baseball field, which I'm painting this really picture on and I'm kind of going with the flow on this uh, example, but all of a sudden, you know, our audience is like, you know what? I don't have the time for three outs every single inning. And uh, I'm a holder of this uh, NFT for the Field of Dreams. And I would like that to be a two-out inning every inning because uh, I don't have the time for that. Well, you as the founder is now be like, you know what? Screw you. Like, you signed up for this. I'm the founder. I created this, you know, Field of Dreams. I built this. And all of you came after I did all of these other moving parts. And then all of a sudden, people start selling their tickets. And then people see that there's a lot of people selling their tickets. So the people that had the demand are now like, uh, 
I'm not sure if I want to buy it because why are so many people selling it? And you're like, wait a second, wait a second. I'm only doing what I said. Well, guess what? That's not working here because now we have 10,000 owners. So now we need to be able to be adaptable. You know, we need to be able to adapt. So maybe it's like, you know what? I'm not willing to do two out innings, but maybe we will play seven inning games, right? We're still getting to an end of the game. You're not changing everything that was core value to you, but you're also adapting to these owners that are part of your project. Wow. I mean, that feel, I don't know. I'm actually pretty proud of that field of dreams off the top of my head, that field of dream. I mean, here, like th- that's the way we have to think about this. If you are launching an NFT project and your NFT project is, is about like the field of dreams, shouldn't you know how to play baseball first so you can design a f- baseball field? And, I, and, I, and I'm making the assumption that everyone knows this movie. Damn it. Fans of I know better than that. For all those that don't know, this was a, a movie, I believe, late 90s um, with Kevin Costner. And the idea was he wanted to, uh, you know, he wanted to kind of, actually, I probably don't remember all the premise, but, you know, his dad was a baseball player and he wanted, and he wanted to build a field in his, like, uh, yard that would kind of attract uh, these, like, ghosts of the times past. Even explaining now seems a little bit crazy. But the quote of it was, like, if you bi- the, the, the ghost said, if you build it, they will come. And so he was afraid that if he built this baseball field, no one would come. Of course, he built it. The, the players came out of the cornfield. Uh, you know, the fans came to watch it, and it became, you know, this massive success. And, like, that, like, notion, if, if I build it, they will come, is how we've been treating social media and digital for far too long. And then nobody came or like, we're like, social media sucks. No. You just have to realize that we have to change the game. And so here's my lesson. Here's the, here's the takeaway that I th- believe. If you want to get a yes and you want to communicate with people that, that, that are most likely to kind of come in and be your right audience, you have to go to where they're at first, not expect them to come to you. So what I mean by that is, if your audience is active on Twitter and Twitter spaces, start pounding the Twitter spaces space right now all the way through the summer. Like, I, I, I can promise you, I am not spending four hours a day right now on Twitter spaces for my health. Actually, it's not for my health because that's not healthy. Because here's the truth, like the, the, like the, the, the actual truth is that I've been putting in a hard work on the Twitter spaces to grow this podcast. I've been working my ass off to buy an NFT every day and be, you know, really dialed into these discords because I want to build relationships and I want, I want to make sure that I'm in the know so that I understand the type of contract I want to roll out and, and the artists and the right people to know. And I also understand that my audience, although I've had them and I love my amazing Web2 community that, that I've been building for 10 plus years, so many of them are not there yet. And if I want this project to be successful, here's the thing is I don't just need Web3 native people, I need Web3 native people that already trust me because I said I was going to do a daily podcast and I've been showing up. I need Web3 friendly people that trust me when I say I'm going to build out a PFP project that's going to have some unique game theory and some really fun, you know, utility, choose your own adventure that we're going, we're excited to drop out there for everyone. That's a little alpha. And I need people that are really are going to be willing to buy in, but also have the time to spend. And so the time to spend to me was something that I started to be concerned about. So that's why we're, we're now working on our strategy for our SMS deployment and our full email address deployment. And before we put up a site to sign up waitlist, which everyone here on the podcast, just so you know, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Like right now, subscribe to the podcast and make sure, let's just say around my birthday, 
you probably want to have ETH in your wallet. So we're, we, that's, that's probably the alpha that I'm, I'm going to give you there now, right? Like, but, uh, and you can, my birthday is kind of uh, out there within the community and we'll figure that out as we go. But uh, I'm a proud Gemini. The, but here's, the, like, here's that piece of this, right? Like I'm making, uh, we're going to make sure that these moving parts are played. And here's the truth. I, I still believe we're, we're going to be a slow burn. We're going to be a slow burn project. And I'm okay with that. Well, that's true. I'm lying to you again. Like I want to sell out. I want to sell out. But I also know that I'm prepared to execute because here's the truth. And here's the other piece of this. The answer and the place that I want to leave you is I said, you have to go to where your audiences communicate with them. I've been educating people on YouTube, LinkedIn, and a Facebook group for six months now. Free education on the podcast. I haven't asked people to pay a penny to be a part of this, right? Free education. Because for me, first of all, it's educating. First of me, it's helping lifting up the community. It also is allowing me to provide and convey a little bit of authority in this space. It's also allowing people to recognize that I'm not in here just for like a quick hitter and to leave. And if I'm committed to do a year every day buying a pod, uh, you know, buying a pod, buying a podcast and hosting an NFT every single day, then guess what? That I'm pretty damn committed, but the, you want to know something even bigger than that is I'm going way bigger than that. We have, we're working with, we have the S corp and the LLCs being created for the brand and the business that is going to be the umbrella for this project, because this is going to be my life work. This is going to be the thing that I put every blood, sweat and tears, every deliverable, every design of merchandise, every execution of in real life events, every piece of my network, the ability to collaborate, to lift up, to, to inspire, to hopefully feel, make people feel as though they're super powered. All of that's going into the build out of what I believe is this next chapter in this chapter of Web3 for me. But this, the, the piece here for me is like what comes first, Twitter or Discord? I'm going to say what comes first is trust. And how do you build that trust and establish that trust? You must educate your audience. You must be consistent and communicate with your audience. You must create content that reaches outside of the realms of the current NFT space. And you must be building something that actually understands the time commitment of your audience, the way that you can communicate with them. And then ultimately, here's the, here's the last part. I have to be willing to throw all of that out at some point if it's not working. Our ability to roll with the punches and be adaptable will be the key to success and it's why I'm so damn bullish with what we're rolling out because I know that my career, my business, my the way that I've designed so much of my last 20 years has been about this ability to be an early adapter, to roll with the punches, to always be on the bleeding edge, but not on the bleeding edge to be on the bleeding edge sake, but to learn, to listen, and to pivot at the right time, in the right place at the really right time for you, the audience. And so uh, I, I just think this is such a, a powerful conversation. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode uh, as much as I did kind of creating it. Uh, big shout out to Meta Athletes, which is a project that most of you know that I'm involved in uh, with uh, Drew and Kevin, the founders. Uh, they do a Meta Minds uh, every single Monday night. It's about high performance. Uh, sometimes it's about uh, the the Web3 space. Sometimes it's about uh, your mental fitness. Sometimes uh, the Meta Athlete space the meta mind spaces are about connecting with your favorite athletes, getting into uh, jumping in the discord and hanging out with some NHL NHLers or, or, you know, previous baseball players. And, you know, like Matt Caesar, one of the guests we had here on the podcast, um, or even, you know, we have, I mean, we have Ty, you know, on the podcast, like, you know, some of the past guests we've had here, 
year. And so shout out to the the Meta Minds, uh, uh, you know, the Meta Meta Athletes Meta Mind session that is part of their utility because it inspired uh, today's episode. I uh, love to hear your thoughts. Love to hear your take uh, on this whole thing. Uh, feel free to jump over into our Discord, discord.gg slash ADHD coin. Uh, we might be changing that very soon because I, I want to, we're going to put that under the umbrella, but Hey, we'll get to that later on. And I know my team will be like, don't you dare change it now without telling us. Uh, and, you know, and then the last part is, you know, I, I really do appreciate each and every one of you for subscribing. I will promise you this, like the podcast isn't going away. Um, and it, this isn't about like me. You know, I really do love the education. I love, I mean, I wouldn't be doing this every day. I change my business, my life. I mean, you heard from my daughters two days ago when I brought them on the podcast, right? Like they've been blown away by daddy, right? And like, I will tell you like in a weird way, you know, my daughters, you know, I show them a big stage. You know, I'm speaking in front of 20,000 people. And like, wow, daddy, that must be scary. But when they're like, daddy, you're doing a podcast every day. Like, you must really love that. Like, you must, like, that's what you like really are into. And and like, for me, that that means uh, the world as well. And I, I thank you all for that feedback. And I know many of you um, reached out and loved that episode where, you know, it's back on 184. We celebrated our six-month uh, anniversary of the podcast, you know, going every day for six months. And I brought my daughters on and uh, they had some fun the first four months, the first four minutes of that one as well. But uh, until tomorrow, my friends, make it a great day. Cheers. And I'll see you probably on Twitter and Discord because, you know, that's where we're hanging out now. It's just not where we start. It's where we're hanging out, though. Cheers. This show is not financial advice, so do your own 